Welcome to the Craft Brewed Music Podcast, the official podcast of Craft Brewed Music, the home of small batch streaming. Here we explore better music for serious listeners and those who create it. I'm Brian Horner, founder and curator of Craft Brewed Music, and I'm joined by my friend and co-host Aaron Stamen, a Craft Brewed Music artist. Aaron, joining us from Seattle. Thanks for being here. Hi, Brian. Great to talk to you. It's an exciting occasion. We're taping the first episode of the Craft Brewed Music podcast. I started Craft Brewed Music a couple of years ago as a home for off-the-beaten-path music, what we call better music for serious listeners. A big part of our ethic is partnership with artists. We've got a 50-50 profit-sharing model, and uh, we thought it would be really interesting to start a podcast to get to know some of those artists better. I think that's a great idea. And for me, it's really uh, important to have Aaron with me, uh, not only because... Uh, you don't want to listen to, to me alone on this thing, <laughs> but um, Aaron's been a big musical influence on me since we were, uh, what, 15, 16. Uh, we, were, we went to school together in upstate New York, Cooperstown, New York, and uh, played in a band together and uh, have made music ever since then in different formats. And uh, Aaron's gone, you know, now as a partner in this company and one of our artists and one of my best friends. So it's really, uh, I think, appropriate and, uh, and fun to have you be part of it. Yeah, it's a huge honor for me, Brian. Uh, it's the whole, the whole streaming service is such a great idea, and I really feel strongly in the uh, in the mission. And it's uh, it's a real proud moment for me to to be involved like this. We've talked a lot about what this is better better music for serious listeners. I'm I'm an artist manager, and I've I've uh, tended through my career to focus on music that sort of falls. Uh, across genre boundaries. You know, it's not exactly this. It's not exactly that. Where do I find it in the record store? You know, so that's kind of how we got here. I wanted to to shine a light on that music. Brian, there are a multitude of streaming services out there now for people to access the music they like, the music they know. What is the place for craft brew music in this environment? Yeah, it's, um, you know, we're not we're not trying to compete with or take the place of of the big services you know you're always going to have a place for spotify in your life a place for apple music um what i'm trying to do is create kind of that non-chain experience uh we're, we're curated by humans largely by me uh it's not about ai it's not about algorithms um and it's a place to find you know, what is, you know, this is all subjective, but what I think is some of the best music in the world, best artists in the world, um, and find them. And, and, and you just, you wouldn't have, uh, the means to otherwise necessarily, this is stuff that you wouldn't happen upon in, uh, you know, on almost all of the playlists that exist. Uh, I can't think of any that exist that are highlighting this kind of music. Um, and so, it's just, it's just different. It's very niche. You know, this is music that I, you know, it's, it's uh, substantial and accessible, but it's not, it's not mainstream stuff, you know? And I think anybody who's listening to it is going to discover uh, a lot of stuff that they like, some stuff that they don't like, hopefully at the very least they find it all interesting, but um, you know, it's, it's with that purpose in mind, it's a discovery platform and it's about kind of challenging yourself and expanding your palate. Well, let's listen to one of those artists now. 
Yeah, let's, uh, we'll play Francis Luke Accord. This is actually a fairly recent signing, uh, really a beautiful sound that I thought was really different. Uh, we're going to play Who Do You Run From? Reach out for it Leave your things behind Bear in mind Sun will shine Rain will dry Clouded eyes Who do you run from? Why don't you come home to your lover's side? Lean upon the friends who see Climb into the pinion tree makes a craft brewed music artist what is the special sauce that uh, that catches your attention and makes you want to make it part of your roster well that's a good question and it's a it's a hard one to answer i think of that i think of a craft brewed artist as being one that fits my craft aesthetic um and so then the question becomes how do i define that aesthetic and that's difficult it's you know if i'm honest it's largely you know kind of a gut feeling. There's some of our artists that very clearly and easily fit the, you know, fit the bill, fit, fit this genre almost that we're, we're creating here. And those are the, those are the um, artists that are very clearly blending a lot of different styles, a lot of different genres and influences. Where it gets a little bit harder is with something that's more squarely in, say, the Americana vein or, you know, more clearly a certain thing. Um, and so then it, uh, you know, it kind of comes down to quality. Is this something that is outside the mainstream in terms of it hasn't been discovered yet? It doesn't have mainstream acceptance. And is it really great? Um, and acknowledging that that's subjective, I get to, (laughs) I get to decide. And, um, and so that's kind of, you know, obviously that's a fun part of it. Any Anytime I go to work and it involves listening to music, that's, you know, that's a good day. But, uh, you know, that, that's, that's the, that's how I'm thinking about it. You know, if there's, there's music that fits the bill, that's too famous, you know, where the artist is too famous to fit into what we're doing. Uh, Nora Jones is a great example, you know, particularly that, that first album was, you know, it was on Blue Note, but it wasn't really jazz. It wasn't really country. There were, but there were kind of hints of, of 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 a bunch of things, and it was just it was magic. But the world had the good fortune uh, of having that, you know, blow up, and so we all got to hear that. Um, she would be very squarely at what we're doing, except that you know she's already huge. So um, you know we're looking for for 
uh, those undiscovered bits of uh, of magic. This band is another another one that's kind of to me quintessential craft brewed music. Uh, Oon, O O N, Oon, the bassoon bass duo of Paul Hansen and Ariana Cap. Uh, Paul Hansen is this uh, you know otherworldly. Uh, I guess to use too narrow a term, jazz bassoonist. Also um, a studio saxophonist. He's played with like Eddie Money and, you know, this wide range of stuff. But I first was uh, exposed to him when he was playing with Bela Fleck and the Flecktones as a guest. And um, he and this amazing bassist, Ariana Cap have have a couple projects together and um, really amazing, unclassifiable stuff. This is Serpentique. in upstate New York and uh, sharing music and listening to music. Um, in, in the great Larry Mondello. And in the, in the, <laughs> an amazing eclectic ensemble known as Larry Mondello. If Larry Mondello, if I had played a little more in tune in Larry Mondello, they would be a contender for craft brew music. I think, I think they would. It was very, uh, very adventurous for uh, a group of teenagers in upstate New York. Uh, in that period of time. And uh, I listened back and uh, while some of my own playing is, is, is cringeworthy, uh, <laughs> I, I am, I'm nonetheless stunned at, uh, uh, at how bold we were in, uh, in our stylistic choices. Well, and you can't argue with selling out of 300 cassettes. That's true. That's true. We were um, like 3X tinfoil or something. <laughs> You know, on, while we're on the topic of cassettes, uh, I've, been, I've been thinking about, uh, you know, listening. And, and we, we, we grew up in an era where when you were getting new music or discovering new music, you were often buying albums. But a common uh, theme of our, of our culture at the time was making mixtapes, where you'd kind of curate your own uh, collection of songs uh, and I remember, you know, you have to key up the uh, the cassette with the the pencil to make sure you're getting all your your lead time proper, <laughs> right. and timing it out so it fits in like the 45 minute cassette. Um, yep. But uh, that's what I think of when I think of you know you 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 think of uh, you think of your own taste, you think of who you're making this tape for, and then you're you're curating uh, a playlist in a way, uh, and. Does it feel like for the greater uh, craft food music listenership, 
you're just making like an, the best mixtape ever. Yeah, I think I think there is an element of that. I, I think that, and maybe I look at it a little different because um, I'm a, I'm a really weird person to have founded a, a streaming service that that's a random play shuffle model because I'm not really into that in my own listening. I'm I like albums. I like to you know listen to a certain person, certain album as opposed to shuffling, and I don't typically tend toward <clears throat> listening you know streaming, but. Um, but I do, I am aware all the time of the fact that, and this is, you know, due in no small part to your influence. Um, I've spent my whole life with music that's, you know, I've used the word magical before. It's this, you know, it's this, I've spent my life with this amazing music. And so I do think of it as a way to um, try to share that, you know, and try to, um, I guess, in that way, make this amazing you know, mixtape, make and share this amazing mixtape. Let's check out a track from Davina and the Vagabonds. Um, a great example of, you know, somebody who's, there's some jazz in there. There's, there's some soul, tons of soul. Um, just really love her sound. This, this track is, this song is called Sunshine. Finally got my feet back on the ground. The clouds have cleared and gone away. And my smile is it's difficult for people to discover uh new music these days with the streaming platform as the main way that people access their music well i think it can be um so there's a couple you know when you get to the technical side of of the licensing and stuff for streaming platforms which i've encountered both as in my work as a manager and then also developing this there's interactive and non-interactive non-interactive is where it just comes at you like like Pandora, for example, and like our service. Um, interactive is where you're going in and seeking what, what you want. And I think a lot of people do that. And certainly when you're in the mode of going in and seeking out and playing what you want, you're not, you're not discovering. I've also heard from people that even when you're, you know, listening to the discovery playlists and things like that, that they're kind of hearing the major label influence on those lists. You know, you can pick one thing that might even be obscure and you end up, you know, inevitably back at some major label artist, uh, roughly approximately in the vein of the person you first selected. So, um, yeah, anecdotally, certainly people have, you know, said that it's hard, you know, it's kind of hard to find new artists. And, um, and we're even going a step further than, you know, we're not just talking about finding 
indie rock artists or, you know, obscure artists in mainstream genres who are kind of, you know, going into this territory that's mixing a lot of different things together. We've got contemporary classical ensembles that really kind of rock and we've got, you know, groups that might be more, you know, jazz oriented if you had to pick a genre and then we've got singer songwriter stuff and, and everything and all of the mixtures uh, in between. One of the things that's great about craft root music is it uh, introduces you to musicians who are playing genres with which you may be familiar, but using an instrument that may be unfamiliar or non-traditional for that particular genre. And I think a great example of that is Jonathan Scales. This next track is the Jonathan Scales Forchestra playing Dream Life State. is it that made you gravitate toward this kind of under the radar music? Because I remember when we first got to know each other, you were a huge Billy Joel fan. <laughs> still uh, am. Still am. Still <laughs> and Billy blends a lot of different things. He does indeed. And uh, yeah, honestly, one of my, one of my favorite uh, Billy Joel tracks is uh, The Entertainer, uh, which I think for, uh, uh, you know, for, for a uh, for an album of the time was was a really cool blending of uh, just layer upon layer upon layer of different influences as, as the song progresses, and quite and, a commentary uh, on the music business, and as well as being a commentary on the music business as well. You, and you drove me to my first Billy Joel concert, by the way. Is that right? You were sixteen or something. I was fifteen. Yep. Wow. Was that was that? Anyway, Syracuse? we 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 digress. Yeah, I think that's right. The Carrier Dome in Syracuse. Yeah. 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 But uh, but my but my my question is because uh, certainly at that point you know we're we're exposed to the music of our parents perhaps our older siblings which we each had one um, and uh, what's on the radio but then how do you get from that to something that's more more esoteric? Well, I mean it, it's really it's it's pretty simple for me. I I got in a band with you and Will Green and. Um, and Orion, our drummer, but Orion and I were in the same grade. <laughs> he had given me my first Billy Joel album, oddly enough, at my 10th birthday party. But anyway, um, we got in a band with you guys, so you're older than us. 
and started playing jazz and playing fusion. And you introduced me to Bela Fleck and the Flecktones and uh, the Skip Hop and Wobble album, Jerry Douglas and Edgar Meyer and Russ Berenberg and, and all of this music um, that mostly that was coming out of Nashville, um, but that wasn't country. Um, and I guess that just resonated in that, you know, I, I followed that, you know, that rabbit hole and, and, you know, all these players tend to play with other people and you, you can follow it and, and, you know, follow one, one person, Bela Fleck, for example, and, and connect a lot of dots from there. And so, um, you know, that, that just stuck with me and, and, I'm sure we went to other concerts that you drove to of those people. <laughs> and uh, so, we're yeah, limited, between... we're very limited by geography. <laughs> we were. And, you know, apparently me by, you know, your, your ability to take me somewhere. But uh, yeah, so, be, you know, it was, it was really that. And, um, and when I decided after college, I, you know, I went to, to college to be a classical saxophone player. I am still a classical saxophone player, but after college, I wanted to go somewhere and broaden as a musician. And uh, I got to thinking, you know, if, if all that stuff that I love and have been listening to for years is coming out of Nashville, that's gotta be a fertile place to be musically. And so I moved there and I was there for 20 years. I just recently moved to the Atlanta area. So, um, and I got to meet all those people and work with, with them. And many of them are on craft brood music. And, um, you know, it's just been a really, uh, a really cool journey that way. Craft Brood Music features uh, a lot of instrumental music as well. And one of my favorite instrumentalists is Howard Levy, who of course played harmonica with Bela Fleck and the Flecktones, mm -hmm. a band that uh, uh, has a extremely uh, important place in our uh, formulation as, as musical characters. Yeah. Uh, and he continues to create uh, amazing music. This is a track uh, Howard Levy is playing with Chris Siebold, uh, who is a fantastic uh, guitar player. Uh, it's always interesting to see people stretching the, the limits of what that instrument can do. I myself am a guitarist and a huge, huge fan of people who are innovating on this instrument like Chris. Uh, this is a track called Fade to Black. Also recall that uh, the first trip to Nashville, I believe we did together. That's also true. You were um, 
you were like at least telling me that you were thinking of moving there and and then you you ditched me and I went completely alone but that's okay that yeah but uh, <laughs> you met your wife there though and I think I just would have been in the way that's true you know you change <laughs> these little details you never know what happens <laughs> um but all, all like all the the, the classic venues in uh, in Nashville we we went to some of those uh, for the first time together and got to discover right. the city. Uh, and it's a city that, uh, that I think will never, never be how it was. And it was at that time too, but for, uh, for us, for sure. uh, speaking in modern day, I'm sure it's not like it was for us that first time either back in 98. Is that right? That would have been 90 early 99. Yeah. Yeah. The, I mean, we went to the, uh, station in, I think, right. The bluegrass club. Mm-hmm. And it was surrounded by a gravel parking lot, and now that's all high-rise condos, and you get run over by pedal taverns and, and uh, bachelorette <laughs> right. parties and stuff. So it's very different there now. You know, there's still plenty of cool stuff in Nashville, but it's not what it was 20 years ago. And when when I was when we were there, it wasn't you know what it had been 20 years earlier. But very cool place, and, and indeed very fertile musically. Who do you think the craft brew music listener is? Well, I think that it's. Um, you know, I get asked that a lot if I'm talking to people about marketing or when I was talking to investors and all that. And and ideally, maybe, or I think what the expectation is, is that I have some specific demographic information that says that they're, you know, 32 to 56 and whatever. Um, and we've developed some of that. But basically, it's, a again, a kind of a, of a gut level thing for me that tells me it's somebody that's not into chain experiences it's it's the kind of person who when they go to a new city they want to find a local place drink the local beer maybe go to a local coffee house um you know they want to find what's out there that's not you know placed right in front of them not not shoved down their throat and have kind of a very organic experience that way and when uh, obviously the the craft describes that right and so when uh when I had that idea to call this craft brewed music um, that came out of a conversation I had, I was on the road with two of, of our, who are now our craft brewed artists and they were two of my clients, electric violinist, Tracy Silverman and future man, Roy future man Wooten from Bela Fleck and the Flecktones. I think we were in Minnesota or somewhere they were playing together and I was talking to somebody and they said, what kind of artists do you work with typically? And just without thinking, I said, well, it's, it's kind of craft music. And, um, got to thinking about that later. And it was a perfect description for what I had built my company around my, my management company. And, and I kind of started digging around. I couldn't believe that we, you know, we had craft coffee, craft bourbon and other spirits, craft beer, craft burgers, you know, craft was being used everywhere, but nobody was really exploring the craft space in music. And I thought that this music was perfect for that. And so, um, I think the people who are into all those things um, are, are into this kind of listening experience. Let's listen to another artist. Yeah. Let's, um, well, we're talking about craft coffee. Let's go with the, the song coffee from round mountain. And this is a band that you mentioned. My wife, Aaron is a, a amazing singer songwriter and um, made an album a few years ago and was touring with that album. And we were in, she was playing at club Passim and, Cambridge, Massachusetts, and opening for this band Round Mountain that we didn't know. I'd read that that it was this duo of brothers, Robbie and Char Rothschild, and that between them they played like a dozen instruments or something. And 
you know, so we didn't have any idea what to expect based on that. And um, literally, it was one of the most impressive, shocking, uh, uh, satisfying performances I think I've ever seen. Both of our jaws were just on the ground the entire show. You know, we're watching somebody like Char playing trumpet and accordion at the same time, not gimmicky, all about the music, um, just an unbelievable mountain of talent deployed in a, in a really beautifully artistic way. And so I fell in love with the group, started working with them after that. Uh, Robbie is coming out with a solo album uh, early next year. We'll have him here on the podcast and in craft group music and round mountain to me is kind of the quintessential uh, musical example of craft group music. This is coffee. <laughs> I cast my eyes up to the headlands. I cast my ashes out to sea. I am led from beneath by an unseen sun, and I'm the darkness that recedes. I got to grind all those dreams and sorrows, none too coarse and none too fine. I got to meet with the water and stain it gold and leave the grounds I was behind. You know, I think those songs we selected uh, hopefully offer a good cross-section and, and, and give a, a good answer to the question, what is craft brood music? I think they do. Uh, you know, Brian, you uh, very uh, kindly gave me uh, credit for expanding your musical world back in the, uh, the day when we were living in the wilds of upstate. Um, and uh, I myself, uh, I'm thinking to those who, who gifted me music, uh, my aunt Wendy and her boyfriend Kevin at the time were were a, a uh, instrumental force in uh, in kind of guiding my musical decisions at that time. They're the ones who got me my first uh, ticket to a Bela Fleck and the Flecktones concert in uh, Northampton, Massachusetts. I was going to say, yeah, they were the ones in Northampton. Yeah, yeah, and I remember seeing Bela Fleck and the Flecktones at the uh, the Iron Horse Saloon. And just having my mind completely blown by what people could do with those instruments and yep. that vocabulary of different styles all put together with a funky groove and just having a great time on stage. And uh, I hope that, uh, you know, you know, buying that first Bale of Fleckin' Flecktone CD and coming home and sharing it with, uh, with my friends and you guys in the band, uh, you know, if we can approach that kind of uh sharing experience with the uh the greater listening world out there that i think craftroid music has done has done its job yeah i agree and that's kind of a um yeah really beautiful spin to put on it and i'm looking forward to getting some of these artists in here to to talk about it and and talk about how they do what they do why they do what they do what you know what uh what is craft to them you know because i think there's a lot 
to the craft thing. You know, there's, there's, we're focused on the music side of it, but uh, it's a really um, rich area in so many different ways. And, and I'm excited to get to kind of hear everybody's take on it. Our next episode is we're going to have the great uh, beatbox saxophonist, Derek Brown. And, and we're going to have really interesting conversations with a bunch of really interesting people. And I'm, and I'm really excited about it. I can't wait, Brian. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. It was fun talking with you and uh, we'll talk next time. Sounds great. Thanks for listening. For more Craft Brewed Music, visit craftbrewedmusic.com. Please feel free to rate, review, and share the show. See you next time.